Hello, everyone. What's going on? Hope everything is well. Uh, looking forward to spending some more time with you today. Uh, let me pray for you before we get started. God, we thank you for uh, your word. We thank you for our freedom to read your word and to try to understand it. We thank you that you uh, not only love us, but you want us to enjoy and experience life to the full. And so we pray um, that we would do that now as we spend time with you, um, as we spend time with each other, but that we would um, carry whatever it is that you have for us out into our day today, and that you would help us experience that full life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today we're going to read Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went out on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. As you know, we begin our audio devotionals at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. Genesis tells the story of beginnings, of origins. Uh, we saw that people originated from God with intention and purpose, that, that he set them above everything else in creation to enjoy a special relationship with himself and to bear his image in the world as they worked and grew and produced good things. We also saw that sin originated in people, an act of rebellion that resulted in a state of disconnection from God. The first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, are commonly referred to each as the gospel or, or their good news about Jesus. Just like Genesis, uh, the gospels begin with origins. In this case, it's the origin of Jesus and the implications of his coming to earth within the overarching narrative of biblical history. We've begun to just dip our toes into this reality the past few days. Uh, the, this narrative of human history both hinging on Jesus and centering around him. And I believe that uh, today we're going to continue to immerse ourselves 
um, deeper and deeper into this reality with today's passage. We just read uh, what has become a famous story in church world, one that even non-Christians, in fact, have heard referenced, the story of the Magi or the three wise men. In a moment, I'd like us to focus on their response to Jesus and what the significance of that response might be. But I want to mention something first that I find particularly encouraging. Two days ago, we read that angels from heaven announced the birth of Jesus to some shepherds who were working the night shift. The glory of God shone brightly on those lowly men, men who were sweaty and smelly from living outside and working with animals, men who uh, worked the night shift, who were likely uneducated and may have even told a dirty joke or two. Yet God showed that he reaches out uh, to those the world forgets and looks down on. The angels didn't sing to kings and palaces uh, or to priests in a church. They appeared to everyday blue-collar men who were just working to survive. Yesterday, we then uh, saw that heaven also announced Jesus' coming, and not only his coming, but his identity to Simeon, an old man who had walked faithfully with God for many years. Simeon was uh, someone who had kept the faith, even though his circumstances had told him to quit a long time ago. He was still watching and waiting for God to move. I don't get the sense that uh, Simeon was flashy or that he drew a crowd, but he had the great privilege that the crowds did not. And that was the privilege of hearing God speak and reassure his soul that he was still in control and he was still going to redeem his people just as he had promised. I believe that God is constantly working to draw the world's attention to Jesus. He wants people to know the truth about Jesus and to experience the life that he offers. The great encouragement for me is that not only is God reaching out to everyone to get their attention, but he does so in unique and personalized ways that, that meet each person right where they are. We don't have to wonder if God cares about us or if God is reaching out to us. We simply need the faith to believe it. I pray that you have that faith today and that you uh, take a few moments to consider how God might be reaching out to you and attempting to draw your attention to Jesus. Now, back to the reading. We again see God reaching out to people right where they are. Not much is definitively known about the Magi, but they were likely very learned men who were uh, schooled in a variety of subjects, including religion, philosophy, astrology. They may have even served as royal advisors in Persia. Um, in any case, they read the heavens. They, they studied celestial formations and the cycles of the moon. And it was from the sky that God revealed himself and drew them to Jesus. Like so many of the things that happened around Jesus after his birth, we again read of another odd and awkward scene for Mary. Jesus was most likely a toddler at this time, maybe one or one and a half years old. 
Mary was probably working, Jesus probably playing around the house with homemade toys when there was a knock at the door. Mary went to the door, opened it, only to find regally dressed old men, probably accompanied by a fairly substantial group of people assisting them with their journey. At some point, they saw this little toddler and went over to him, and, and their response was to bow down and present him with gifts. And this, for me, is what grabs my attention. The gifts that they gave Jesus, these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now I've got four kids, and I know the joy of both giving gifts and seeing them open them. I also know that if my three-year-old son got a Harry Potter book, he wouldn't be super excited. Not because he doesn't like Harry Potter, but because he doesn't know how to read. My 10-year-old daughter, though, would be excited because she both likes Harry Potter and knows how to read. My, my wife and I personalize the gifts that we give our kids. And I'm sure you're like us, uh, even if you don't have kids, because you know that the, the best gifts take into account the personality and the identity of the one to whom they're given. So of all the gifts that the Magi could have laid before Jesus' little feet, why gold, frankincense, and myrrh? I wonder, is it possible that God used these men to reveal the identity of Jesus? Gold was a symbol of royalty, a gift given to kings and queens, to people in power. Frankincense was an incense used in worship, signifying the presence of the divine. Myrrh was an anointing oil used in the embalming process to prepare a dead body for the grave. The Bible tells us that Jesus would be a king, not a king of earth, but the king of heaven, a king not seeking power for himself, but yielding his power to the will of his father for the benefit of his followers. He would be the very presence of God among men, occupying the air that they breathed. And he would be the great priest to bring them into the presence of God. Lastly, he, he would die. Despite his royalty and his deity, his mission was sacrifice and substitution to take on the penalty of sin so that all who believe in him would never die, but would live forever. What do you think about that? We're not told these things explicitly, so maybe I've got it wrong. But it sure does make a lot of sense, doesn't it? And it sure is good news to those of us who want a leader who uses power to save rather than to destroy, to show us the way to God rather than condemning us for failing to get there on our own, and to rescue us rather than leaving us for dead. A king who brought heaven to earth and died to save his people. What do you think? I encourage you to reflect on that today and invite God to reveal the truth about himself to you. I know that he's prepared to do it in a way that's personalized just for you. Let's pray. God, we thank you and praise you that you've been chasing us ever since we left the garden. We thank you that you are living and active, always working and never distant from us. 
and, and you show us uh, you show us that reality most vividly in your son Jesus. Help us to see him as he is. Help us uh, to submit to his authority and, and to enjoy his authority and to rest in it. Build and strengthen our faith today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.